This morning, I, I've talked with people facing some, some light. Um, in the first service, I was talking to a family that this was the year anniversary of when um, their husband and father had passed away. And then I um, was talking to a, another couple that was just having a hard time in their, in their marriage. And that, that hard time hasn't been letting up. Another person who was struggling with, um, with a custody battle and how hopeless they feel to protect their children. Um, I talked to a person in between services who was having a, a struggle with insecurity. They'd started a new job and just they don't feel equipped. And um, brothers and sisters, God's not afraid of these struggles. When, when we're struggling and we feel hopeless, I think sometimes, you know, I have a tendency, I, I won't put my sins on you. I have a tendency to surrender myself to the angst and to surrender myself to the worry and surrender myself to, like, am I capable? Can I, can I get myself through this? But God's, God's not afraid and God's not running away from our problems. In fact, that's when God shows up in power. God's ready for us. My wife, we're having some car problems this morning. And, uh, and so my wife stayed at home with the kids because she didn't want to make the problems worse. I th worse. I th I'm really glad that she has that wisdom because I'm kind of like, let's just see what happens, you know? <laughs> That's, I'm telling you the truth about me. Uh, she sent me this scripture from Deuteronomy 28. It says that the Lord will cause your enemies, everything that you're struggling against, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. Yes. They shall come out against you one way, but they're going to flee from you seven different ways. It says, The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. God's taking you somewhere. God's leading you somewhere. Don't let the struggles convince you that God's not still working. You with me, church? He's taking us somewhere. And I believe... Um, I believe, I don't believe, I experienced in power in the first service that um, God has, has sent a man of God to us this morning that's, um, that's helping us continue in the direction where God is leading us. A word that, that we need that will give us some freedom this morning. You all ready to receive some freedom? All right, I want to invite Pastor Michael Shepard to come up. Um, he's the pastor of staff at Joyce Meyer Ministry, and, uh, and this, he's got a word for us, brothers and sisters. So I want you to get your hearts expectant, get your lives expectant that God has something for you this morning. We're going to pray over him if you'd extend a hand out, and let's pray together. God, we thank you that you are God that always shows up, God, even when we haven't asked you show up and you save us there when we're still in sin, when we're still running away, when we're still um, hiding our faces from you. You're the God that calls us out of the bushes and into the light because you have life in store for us. So I thank you for this man who's put his life on hold and his schedule on hold to come and to share with us from your word that your body would be strengthened in this church that we call Elevation. God, we are ready to receive you. Thank you, God. Here we are. Do us, with us what you will. In your name, amen. Good morning, church, Elevation Church. It's good seeing you. Let me dial up here so that I am uh, uh, good to go. Um, it's always, uh, I've had the privilege to be here a couple of times and 
always have enjoyed so much um, your church. Uh, I love your pastors, Pastor Daniel and Gretchen. I'm so glad that they're that they're resting and and uh, taking a, a a break. A change of pace is a rest, isn't it? It's a changes of pace, and so that's really valuable. I'm glad you you see the value in that. I love them, um, uh, Pastor Titus. I've met him one other time. There you are, brother, and uh, man, he's just a handsome dude. Just a handsome dude. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I just, I, and I mean, I don't mean it just flippant, but uh, you just got a handsome spirit as well. You just, attractive heart for God, you know. I love it. You're just all in. You're Davidic. You're after the heart of God. And I uh, felt that way around you a few months back when I met you. Appreciate you. And uh, privileged to get to meet Pastor Nathan for the first time today and uh, really appreciate just your uh, obvious care for people, care for the flock that's rich, your shepherd uh, after his own heart will feed and guide the people and I love it too, it's obvious you have a uh, you're a load lifter you've got a variety of different abilities from the Lord to lift up hands and uh, whether it be um you know, the, the people, somebody specific, the church, the, the Pastor Daniel, so on and so forth. You're a, a load lifter. You can carry the burdens of others well. Really appreciate that uh, much. And uh, my dear friends, Carl and Amy, and uh, love them very much. And uh, had the privilege some years back now to see God mesh their lives together, the beginnings of it on a trip to the UK and uh, we, we all tried to push as hard as we could but it was the Lord <laughs> that brought them together but we were all excited about it because you could see God in it and uh, it's just great seeing you both proud of you both proud of you both and um, brother I'm, I'm seeing you two over here good to see you how's your do you have one child yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank God. Be fruitful. Multiply. <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing it. It's good to see you. Haven't seen you in a while. Bless you both. I love you. And, uh, well, three. Gosh. How long has it been since I've been here? And how many children do you have now? You have two? Oh, you, you're, this is a busy church. <laughs> it's fruitful. It's good. It's, that's cool. That's really cool. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, I hope I'm not missing anybody. But uh, <clears throat> I just want to were you here the first service? Well, that's good because there's somebody who looked just like you. And I, so, <clears throat> hey, I just want to say to you, what's your name? Sean. Sean? <laughs> Appreciate the information, Sean. Um, Listen, I just just submit this to you, but I just felt like uh, the Lord was just saying to you that I've seen your perseverance. I've seen it. And Isaiah 45, 2 and 3, I will go before you and make crooked places straight, and I'll show you hidden riches and secret places and treasures in darkness, 
that you would know that it is I, the Lord, that calls you by your name. God's going to straighten out some stuff for you this year, and it will be supernatural. You'll glorify God. It'll be obvious. It's not by the hand of men. It'll be by the hand of the Lord, but it is in response to God says, I see your perseverance. You stuck with it, and so commend you, Sean. Commend you very, very much. Um, I want to share a word this morning. I'm going to call it "Land of the Giants," and I'm going to we're going to scroll through a little bit of Bible history, just to have some headline stuff, um, and and look at a particular city in the Bible but relate that to your and I's life and the evolution, if you will, the growth of our life in God. But you take a look at a fascinating passage. We'll put it up on the screen. Genesis 6, verse 4. This is maybe arguably one of the more mysterious passages in the Bible, at least it is to me. There were giants on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, <clears throat> and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. And so at the very beginning time frame of the creation of man, there's these race of giants the scripture is so challenging, even Dr. Jack Hayford said, it's simply puzzling. That was his commentary, and move on. And you could try to dive into it. I'm not saying you can't, but I, I think there's levels of mystery to it. My point is not to try to get to the bottom of this scripture. What the heck is going on? I just want to accent the point that there were giants, period. And in actual fact, those giants are going to reappear through Old Testament history. And they will regularly be problematic. And I want to relate it to you and I. All of us have, and I know that there's <clears throat> external issues and challenges we face. I think about your car issue. That's always, ah, that's always head-scratching, challenging, and there's all kinds of external challenges that we face in our lives. That's just part and parcel with life. But I really want to accentuate the internal, I'm going to call them giants, that we all have to deal with. And they're going to be different for unique to all of us. But there's those internal issues that you keep that keep kind of warring against you. You keep fighting, resisting, trying to get better and trying to improve and grow and giants. Well, let me just ask you, is without saying what they would be, but just let me know if you're aware of, yeah, there's certain internal giants in me, things that are just a work in progress. Lift up your hand. All right, that'd be you. Don't want to leave anybody out. I'll give you some of my giants if you don't have any. I like to say about myself is I'm a work in progress. A lot of work and, yeah, a little bit of progress. We're just going to stay after it. We're going to persevere, right? 
One of my giants, just to be candid, in my life, I'm 64 years old. I've, I've been going wholehearted after God for actually 44 years. I think I said 40 first, 44. Very, very imperfect and broken, but wholehearted for 44. Just haven't, haven't stopped. And uh, one of my giants to date internally is pride. I, it's just like it crouches at the door with me in my heart. And by the grace of God, keep it at bay, resist, go on, uh, uh, and I, but it just seems like it is a nagging thing in my life. And I don't know, those around me, more regular, it may come across exterior, but oftentimes I think it doesn't. Mine is a little bit more hideous. My pride is internal. And you don't know what all I'm having to wrestle with to keep right. And anybody ever like commend you, say something nice to you about what well, you're just, you're a great example of the Lord or, you know, I just see Jesus in you, whatever. And, and, and you know, you're great. You receive it, you know, but you think, but dear Lord, if you knew what was really on the inside of here, you wouldn't say that. Thank God they don't know. None of us are ready for that. A full screen revealing of our mind and our heart. But uh, we all have giants. My, one of mine just happens to be pride. I would have thought if you would have interviewed me when I was 25, 30, 40, hey, do you think that that whole pride issue that you, uh, I would have said, oh, surely I'll be over it by then. Here I'm at, I'm at 64, and it's still can nip my heels. And um, giants. And as it was with these giants, who knows where exactly they came from. I mean, there's some, but you can't figure it out. Like, wow, who's the daughters of sons of what? They, what? what? And then the flood happens. Everybody is exterminated except Noah's eight, inclusive of Noah. And then the giants reappear. Where the heck they come from? Oh, one of those eight was a bad dude. Somebody, I, I don't know, you can't put a finger on it. And the first point I want to accent this morning for some of you is this. And I'm all for pastorally walking through the past getting to roots of issues. I, I spent a large amount of my time doing that with people. Tracking things down, getting to the bottom of it, find a place, ah, we can repent, forgive, whatever. So uh, tracing back to the roots of, now when I say giants in our lives, I'm talking about habits. It could be a sin or it could just be a, a weight. Maybe you've got a tendency to worry and you know better but boy when it, it just boy it's just hard to you know what i'm talking about so just weights sins tendencies personality kind of things that are giants on the inside of you here's what i want to say some of those giants even though it's worthy to try to get to the root of it if you can if god shines, shines light on it 
you get to the root of it ask god to cut it so on and so forth but there are sometimes giants in our lives that we just cannot figure out how it got there you just can't get to the bottom of it you can't track it well how did it reappear i thought it was gone i thought i got over that 10 years ago you ever had something reappear in your life that was a giant well that happens a lot a lot more than we might hope for and here's what i want to say don't maybe today a step for you is quit trying to figure out who done it quit trying to figure out how this giant is still around in your life this propendency or this propensity or this tendency hey stop trying to be the detective reboot hit delete say god i can't figure out these giants i I'm still dealing with pride at 64. It, just, it is what it is. Help me. So number one, I want to I invite you to no longer try to track the thing down. Let's just live in the present in light of eternity and go forward with the issues. Now, these giants, they reappear. Numbers 13, 32, we'll have it on the screen famous portion of scripture you'll track with it so here they are on the brink of the promised land 10 spies come back with a bad report you know the deal here and they gave the children of israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature there there we saw the giants the descendants of anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight so they run up against these giants and they're they're pushed back in their own minds and you know the story it was such a, a pushback that they decided if you will unwittingly that they're going to settle into a lesser land that what god had for them that's what giants do when they continue to ah, pester our lives we have a tendency to respond by settling in a lesser place in our life well uh, and maybe even god calls you to step forward and be used in a certain way to serve others but you disqualify yourself you settle in a lesser land than what god has called you to because i still have these stinking giants and they terrorize me and, and they, they cause me to be afraid. And so these giants reemerge hundreds of years later, and they are a threat to the people of God. Now look at this Joshua 11:20. Enemies, here's what I want to say, and I've already mentioned it once, but enemies, internal giants, can reemerge in our life to our surprise. Just when you think you had something conquered, then you go years later. Maybe it's a temper thing. Maybe it's an anxiety thing, like I mentioned before. Then all of a sudden, it can reoccur. Anybody ever experienced, or you've heard somebody, that uh, something reemerged in their life? It, it's very commonplace. Look at this Joshua eleven twenty. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts, the enemies' hearts, 
that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might utterly destroy them and that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, when I first saw that scripture and it kind of became alive to me, I was a little bit frustrated by it. Because it says, basically, it was of the Lord to harden the hearts of my enemies to come against me. And I'm looking at that face value thinking, well, wait just a minute. God, I've got enough trouble that I, that I stir up myself. I don't need you to stir up my enemies to come against me. I'm looking for you to deliver me, protect me. You know what I'm talking about? But let me tell you, I've seen this, I've seen this pattern. And I want to reassure some of you today. The reemergence of giants coming at you, things that maybe you even felt like had been abolished, but now all of a sudden they come at you again. Let me tell you something. Oftentimes, I tell you who's behind that God. God will harden things to come against you so that they may be crushed, completely crushed. Not just a a victory, but win a war kind of thing. And so if you've seen giants reemerge on the inside of you, maybe nobody even knows what they are, take heart that God is setting up the enemy to be destroyed, that particular giant. And so here's the giants. Joshua, you know Joshua's spirit, and he went against those giants and really had some crushing victories against the giants. Caleb, we'll show you this scripture, you'll know it as well. Joshua 14, 12 through 15. Caleb responds to these giants. And these giants lived in an area or a city called Kirjoth Arba, named after the infamous giant Arba, the father of Enoch, who was the grandfather of, of his three sons, and they were like the, the giants, famous, infamous. And Caleb says, Now therefore to Joshua, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim, the giants, were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be, and I love that, it may be that the Lord is, that will be with me. And I shall be able to drive them out of the Lord, out, out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron. Now I mention here, Hebron is Kirjoth Arba. Kirjoth Arba, bear with me here, is going to be renamed Hebron. Same city. Gave it to Caleb, son of Jephunneh's inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, son of Jephunneh and Kenizzite to this day, because they wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirjoth. Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. And so there, there's the giants. And, and they, they, they make headway, but they're not totally destroyed. Now, I want to show you the evolution of this city, Kirjoth Arba, land of the giants. And it's renamed Hebron. And I'm going to track this city through Old Testament Israelite history. And I want to relate it to the, the evolution, if you will, of the pattern of God working in your own heart, dealing with the giants in your own life. Are you tracking with me so far? Okay, here's, here's the first place. Joshua 20, verses 1, 2, and 7. Here's Kirjoth Arba, the land of the giants. It's now Hebron. Look what happens to this place. The Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, 
speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses. So they appointed Kadesh in Galilee, in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim. Here's our city. And Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah. Here's what I want to camp out on. Kirjath Arba, the city of the giants, the place that terrorized Israel, is now going to become one of the six cities of refuge. You remember what a city of refuge was back then? That was a safe zone. That was a place of peace. That was a place that if you made a mistake, even to the extent if you mistakenly killed somebody, you could run into one of these cities of refuge and get due process. If you had, time won't permit all the purpose of the cities of refuge this morning, but if you had debt that simply was overwhelming, you could go to a city of refuge and process that through in a way that would save your life, save your future. It's a place of peace, King's X. And the city of giants would become a city of refuge, a city of peace. May, for some of you today, a, the place where there's, you're just dealing with those giants, mind pride, yours what? And those giants, those tendencies, those habits, you thought would have been gone by now, you're still pushing through. May the place of the, those giants become a place of peace for you this morning. Place of refuge. May you, may God grant you a fresh place in your battle for Christ-likeness to today come to a fresh level of being at peace with yourself. May God grant you the ability to stop fighting you. To lay down your friendly fire and keep shooting yourself. Because you haven't arrived in that area yet. Or you're just frustrated with that tendency. May God bring that place of giants. May He make it a city of refuge today. Place of peace. You see, the only way that a war can stop, somebody's got to surrender. The only way for the war on the inside of you against those giants, this war, is that somebody surrender. That would be you, fresh to God. Maybe you feel like you've done that a hundred times. But maybe with just fresh understanding today, it's an invitation for us to say, God, I'm going to quit just putting my camo on every day and keep fighting these things on the inside of me. I'm not suggesting in any way to treat it lightly. No, we're going to be vigilant in repentance, a clear conscience, brokenness. We're going we're to go through the whole deal. But I'm talking about fighting it to a place of exhaustion and weariness and discouragement and frustration with myself. May that be lifted off of you today. May any place that's been a wrestling for you, especially internal giants, become a place of peace, a city of refuge. I 
I love Psalm 46. Let's take a quick look at it here. I think we got it here for you. You know it. David, God is our refuge and strength. Well, you know what David's talking about? He's talking about cities of refuge. He said, God, you're my city of refuge. I can run into you. I still got stuff. I still got issues. I got giants. But I can run into you. And you're my present help, time of trouble. He's talking about God being a place of refuge. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in the fire. And then famous, be still and know that I am God. May for you any internal struggle that you've been working through, I have mine, you have yours. May you come to a fresh place where God's your refuge, you can be still. And know that I am God. And I love what be still means. The original language, it means this. It means to put it to bed. Put it to rest. Being still means I bring my pride, I'm still wrestling with now for 44 years. And I bring it to the Lord in such a way to say, God, I just freshly surrender to you. It's not by might or power. It's going to be by your spirit that these mountains are moved and I'm going to come to a place of peace and I'm going to put it to rest. I'm not going to self-indict myself any longer. I'm not going to live under the load of putting myself in some sort of a penal condemnation. I'm not going to marginalize myself anymore or your work through me anymore. I'm not going to sideline myself. I'm not going to bench whom you've not benched. I'm going to stay in the game. You know, I, and I, I love this scripture. I think we have it too. Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 5. Just the first part of it. Oh, I pray this a lot because I need it a lot. I am dark but lovely. That right there. I love to say that to the Lord. I, I, I will two, three, four times this week in my time with the Lord. And I'll come to that. To God, I'm dark, but I'm lovely. You know what the word lovely means? To be comfortable with oneself. Woo! To be comfortable in your own skin. I love to say, Lord, I'm dark. You and I both know <laughs> the depths of it. I'm not minimalizing it. I'm not excusing it. And I'm not unrepentant about it. I want to have a sensitive conscience about it. But God, you and I both know I'm dark, but yet I'm comfortable being myself. I'm not going to live in self-disqualification. I'm not going to live in a lesser place just because there's still giants in the land. I'm going to live in the place that you've called me to be with fear and trembling, yet with boldness and confidence. At the same time, I'll I'll mingle some scriptures together. If you don't mind, I don't want to be foolish, but let me just kind of let you in on some of what I pray. I'll mingle different scriptures together. It can go something like this. I'll say, Lord, it's a true saying, worthy of universal acceptance, that you came to save sinners of whom I'm the chief. Lord, I'm the chief of all sinners. I can say that with clear confidence because I live with myself. And it would appear to me like I'm the chief of all sinners. That's not self-degradation. That's just reality, self-aware. 
I said, I'm the chief of all sinners. I'm less than the least of all the saints. I'm the least of all the leaders. But I am what I am by your grace. And I do what I do by your grace. And I wouldn't want to be anybody else on the planet but me. And I wouldn't want to do anything else on the planet but what I do. I'm dark. But I'm lovely. Comfortable in my own skin. And the giants aren't all eradicated. God, I thought they would be by now. They're not. Be at peace. You're dark with respect, but you're lovely. Put the self, the agitating thoughts about yourself, the the tribunal self-judgment, put it to bed. Be still. Let the war become a place of peace. Cease striving, know that he's God. He breaks the, makes the wars to cease to the end of the earth. You with me? Make it a place of refuge. Then this city, Kirjath Arba, renamed Hebron, it shows up again. And it shows up in Joshua 21. 1, 2, and 11. Let me read it. Then the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites, so these are the priests... They came near to Eliezer, the priest, to Joshua, son of Nun, to the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they spoke to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The Lord commanded through Moses to give us cities to dwell in with their common lands for our livestock. And then they gave them, oh, there it is again, Kirjath Arba. Arba, the father of Anak, which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah with the common land surrounding it. Look at this. The land of giants that's got the shroud of mystery to it. I ain't sure how it all came down in my life that I'm a worrier or this or that, whatever. I'm going to make peace with you, God. I'm going to freshly surrender to you. I'm going to quit shooting myself and lay down the arms against me and I'm going to be still Make it a place of refuge. Now look what happens here. It becomes a city for the priest to live in. This is very notable. Very few cities were delineated for the priests. This was one of them. How interesting. The place of giants terrorized by my anger or whatever. It becomes a place of the presence of God represented by the priests. It's a city full of priests. So you can imagine in that day, more than we could really even understand even today, but in that day, that's the place where you go if you want to find God. It's full of priests. They're talking to God all day long. So all of a sudden, Kirjath Arba, now Hebron, becomes famous as you got to go there, man. Revival's there. Looks at Asbury college Kentucky and all you got to go there yeah you, you know what I'm talking about and that and guess where the place was where there was revival Kirjoth Arba Hebron it was the place of the presence of the Lord oh God loves to do that for you this is what I mean applicably today 
It's taking the place where you've been battling giants, don't we all? And say, God, I want this to be a place of your presence. I want, I'm inviting you in a fresh way with understanding the high priest of my, my confession of faith. I'm inviting you to come and live in this DMZ zone of this giant stuff in my life. For me, come live in this area where I deal so much with pride. Just asking you to come and live there fresh. Come and just saturate that air. Instead of me, just try, no, fight, even fighting in God. Say, Lord, high priest, come and live here in this area. I invite your presence. He's a high priest that's acquainted with your infirmities, with your weaknesses. And so today, even though it may sound simple on the front end, it's profound when you do it from your heart. Take this area that's been like battle, battle, battle. Habit, habit, habit. So Lord, I'm just asking you fresh today, this Sunday, to come, my priest, and live in that area. Just dwell there. Just come bring your presence there. I can't duke it out all the way to the end. My striving won't accomplish. My own anger with myself will not achieve the righteousness of God. So come dwell here. Come live here. With me. Place of peace. Place of his presence. Then look. Let me say this to you. Quote, let me try to get it right. Samuel Chadwick said, It's amazing what God will do with the broken pieces of our life if we give Him all the broken pieces. Maybe you've done that in cycles, but this is a fresh opportunity to make sure here's the broken pieces of my pride, my whatever. And it's going to give it to you, for all of it fresh. I invite your presence to come and solve what I can't. Then Kirjath Arba or Hebron is going to show up one last place. This is 2 Samuel 2, verses 1 and 4. It happened after this that David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? This is after Saul had died. He knows he's been anointed as king, but all that hasn't happened yet. The battle is over. He says, Shall I go up? And the Lord said to him, Go up. Then David said, Where shall I go up? I don't know what to do. Interesting. God says, Let's go to Hebron. Why don't you go to Kirjoth Arba? David knew what that meant. Why don't you go to the place that has terrorized internally your life and I am going to so move there, I'm going to cause you to reign there. I'm going to release victory, breakthrough, impact in your life in a place called Hebron. I mean, David could have been anointed at any number of different cities. There were other cities more royal than this. You would have thought. Gibeah would have been a 
Great candidate. But no, no. You know what God said? Look, I'm going to cause you to reign in the very area that has like tracked you like a giant for years. Oh, I'm going to cause you to reign in life through the man, Christ Jesus, Paul would say. And we know this and we know it by experience and we applaud it rightfully. But I want to say it as if we haven't ever heard it before today. The very area in your life that's been dogged by giants. Maybe you and God alone know the depths of that. Probably so. That area, that tendency, that habit, that what, whatever, that that deformation of soul. God wants to reignite in your spirit fresh today. That's the area I'm going to reign in you. I'm going to take that area that's been a bit of a shame, bit of an embarrassment, bit a little bit of an awkwardness, and I'm going to cause that to become an area that I am glorified in your life. And you will rule and you will reign. What does that mean? You'll have influence and impact for me in that area of weakness. Isn't that true? God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. God gets greater glory when our earthen vessels are given to him fully. Here's what I want to say, and I want to sum it up. For some of you today, we all share simply because we're human. We all share giants of some sort that we're working through in our own heart. Again, if you have not a giant, I'll happy to give you one of mine after service, all right, so you can be in the club. But we're in, the, in this club called the human race. And there's areas that have not been conquered yet fully in my soul, in your soul. Today's an opportunity for first off, and maybe there's a couple of pieces of this that tag with you. You you connect with whatever God's saying to you today. When I say giants, I'm not talking about just the, the hundred worst things in my life. I'm, just, I'm talking about the one or two things that as I've been speaking that God's been highlighting in your own heart. That's what I'm talking about. Take that area to the Lord today. And for some of you, give it to him. Say, God, make this a place of refuge. I want to become at peace. I want to be still. I want to put to rest all the self-indictment that I'm not further along, and I'm going to be still and know that you are God. Make it a place of peace. For some of you, you need to freshly surrender that area of your soul to God so that he can win. Place of peace. For some of you, it's very simply, yet it's profound, inviting the high priest, like the city of old, to come and live in that area of your struggle. Maybe sometimes we just fight so hard and we're working so hard and we're praying so hard that we need to pause and just say, I just, I'm going to put the guns down in the spirit and just, I'm asking you to come. Just freshly live in this area that just has been a challenge to me. And maybe for some of you, just like David was anointed to reign in the very city of giants, that God wants to reignite a spirit of faith on the inside of you, that it's coming. 
you shall reign in that very area that's been troubling you and that you once again pick up a spirit of faith i'm telling you lord it, it doesn't look like it yet but the day is coming where you're reigning and your your lordship will rule in this area of my life and, 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 and I'll be a king in this area by your grace. And I'll have influence and impact. And my very weaknesses, my very challenges, my very frustrations will become uh, instruments that you will use for your glory and helping other people. So what I want you to do, I just want you to stand up. And I want the worship team, Titus and the rest to come and help us. I want you to stand and I want to invite you to interact with the Lord. And uh, like I said, it could be in different dimensions here, you know, just like Kirjath Arba went to be a place of refuge in a city of priests and then a city where they reigned. Um, find what the Lord is saying to you this morning. Interact with him. Maybe for some of you, it's surrendering fresh to God. Say, God, oh, I've been fighting this thing so hard on the inside of me. I'm going to quit fighting and just quit struggling and I'm going to be still. I want to accent again. And I say this with a, I mean it with a tender heart and with respect. It is not a badge of righteousness to be too hard on yourself. It's not, that's not the way of the Lord. This might be a moment for you to cease striving and being so hard on yourself. Sometimes those those moments where God's trying to qualify and you're you're disqualifying whom God's qualifying. If you have that tendency in some of your battles where, yeah, it's too hard on myself. This may sound a little funny, but you over-repent. And I love repentance. It's, it's one of my best friends. But sometimes you can just overdo it. You just keep repeating it. I'm mad at the Lord. Look, if you've been just too hard on yourself, this is a moment to surrender to the Lord. Be a place of refuge. Dark, but lovely. Quit opposing yourself. For some of you, it's just inviting the presence of the Lord. God, ooh, I'm going to take pause. I'm going to exhale, and I just welcome you to come live in this kind of battle-weary area of my heart. Again, some of you, this is an opportunity to re-engage that this area of my life, it will be a place by the grace of God that I shall reign with Him and have influence and impact for Him. Father, I pray over these precious, these beloved brothers and sisters and Elevation Church United. 
I'm asking that even in these moments here that you would interact with our heart. Engage with our heart. Lead us to a, a healthy place, wherever it might be for us this morning, in the area of giants in our life. Reignite a spirit of faith, God. <laughs> that there will be days of great reigning and ruling by your grace in these areas of our life. Bring peace where there's needed to be. God, bring a fresh sense of your presence in those areas that have just been tough and frustrating and exasperating. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.